0: Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and He wants to bless you. Now, join us as we dive into today's message. Tell our team members you appreciate them up here. And uh, I worked hard developing Pastor Kathy's work song set this morning, and uh, I thought you did a good job interpreting that for me. I... <laughs> Oh, God, I wish I could sing. But anyway, <coughs> this year God spoke to us very clearly on the word of the Lord. He said, this year that with all unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. A different translation said, and that same glory coming from the Lord who is that Spirit transforms us into His likeness in an even greater degree of glory. Greater It's gonna be, in a word, it's gonna be more intensified. It's gonna be above normal. It's gonna not be average, greater. Everybody say greater. Greater. It's a season that we're gonna enter into the first quarter. We said that the Lord said this year will be a season of transitioning all new, things all new. A season of growth and stewardship are gonna be required. Will be a season of influence, favor, and success. The first quarter is a quarter of positioning. Through prayer and fasting. You've done 21 days of prayer and fasting. You've been, and I think we can tell in the atmosphere of the services and, and, and on Sunday mornings, as well as, by the way, if you haven't been out on Wednesday nights, you need to get out on Wednesday nights. God's doing something so unique on Wednesday nights. It, it reminded me back in the day when we were as full on Wednesday night as we were on Sunday morning. The power and the glory of God was moving. And in fact, that's where God transformed our ministry in this church was on a Wednesday night. That's where we had our experience with the Lord and people started coming forward, bringing their offering, prayer, praise, and presentation, without any teaching, without any training. Without, all of a sudden, one service saw people just started coming. It changed the, literally the, the destiny of this church. But that was on a Wednesday night. It was, on a, it was on a Wednesday night that God spoke to us and we found out that we were now possessing this property over here. That was on a Wednesday night. So uh, I'm going to tell you, you don't want to miss Wednesday nights. It's amazing what God does for those who come believing in the middle of the week. Amen. It's, it's no longer a ritual for Sunday morning, but it's, I'm coming because I, I'm looking for a miracle. Amen. So Wednesday night, enough for promotion of that. But, but it's important to see something. This is the season of positioning. It's our first quarter and through prayer and fasting. It's also, we're going to see warfare will intensify in your faith. Will be tried. Warfare will intensify, will, be, it will intensify, and your faith will be tried. Did you get that? Your faith will be tried. Now, we know this in James in chapter one. It says, Count it on joy in you following the diverse temptations, testings, and trials. Knowing the trying of your faith is going to produce patience or endurance, which is going to leave you entire wanting absolutely nothing. Tell someone, I want to get to that place. See, most, most Christians try and deal with a moment rather than with eternity. God deals with eternity, but he comes out to a moment so we can get a glimpse of eternity. God's not interested in how it happens now. He's interested in where you go from now. Oh, Lord, help me here. And so when we move into this dimension this year, I want us to begin to talk about some things. I, I, I begin to go through the scriptures and we begin to lay some things out. And the Lord brought me back. I couldn't believe it. Brought me back. This past week to a message I preached a while back. And, and he said, you go back and tell them that they've got to stay in position, but this is where they stay. And that is that hope is, it is the vehicle for champions. Your hope, your, your expectation, the word hope in the, in the, in the scriptures, in the, in the Greek, it means a favorable expectation. In other words, it's not a negative expectation. If it's a negative expectation, it's not of God. Mm. it's a favorable expectation. In the new covenant, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly, the overflowing life of God. Jesus does not, if Jesus dwells in us and greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, and the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it quickens our mortal bodies, then we can do nothing but look at the future with anticipation. Jesus was beaten and suffered, but he had anticipation. Jesus was put on a cross and and, and displayed before everyone and died on a cross, but on the cross, he still had anticipation. Jesus was put in the grave, but he still in his spirit had anticipation. You see, he understood the end result. He said, I can see what down the road, my destiny has to do with me and eternity has to do with me. Consequently, the moment does not matter because my eternity, Eternity is sufficient. I'm going to write over some of your heads. You're so caught up in your moment, but your moment, your position cannot be with your circumstance. We as believers, my position has nothing to do with my circumstance. When I received Jesus, I was positioned in the kingdom of God as a child of God. I was positioned in righteousness. I was sanctified when I received Jesus. No matter what I face in life, it doesn't change my position. That's the reason in the book of, uh, of Ephesians, that first chapter, he talks, uh, I think there's somewhere around 10 or 12 times, he talks about who we are in Christ. If you want to know about positioning get over in the chapter, first chapter of the book of Ephesians and begin to look at in Christ, Christ, how many times it talks about in Christ, you're going to be shocked at what you find. See, my position today, regardless, and this is where we've messed up in the church, because we think our position in the world system is where we are, that's not where I am I, I look not at that which is seen I look at that which is not seen I'm in this thing but I'm not of this thing right. and because I'm not of it I don't have to stay in it that's right. Right. Yes. That's right. yeah. that's right. and so it's a battle that you begin to fight well, that's where he says tear down imaginations that will exalt their against the knowledge of God tear it down don't get don't get out of your position It's not about your physical position it's about your spiritual position but if my spiritual position is right my physical condition or position has to begin to line up yeah, yeah. amen that's why 21 days of prayer and fasting we heard pastor aaron this morning talk about the fact you've learned a discipline don't change it because if you do you're going to get out of position As I said earlier, you know, when you're out here dancing on the water, you don't really care what anybody says. You see, when you're walking in the supernatural, it really doesn't much matter about what else is going on around about you. Amen? Does it matter? What happened to Peter? He got his eyes off of his position in Christ, looked at the storm and began to sink. But when he got his eyes back, Jesus said, let me put you back in position. Some of you need to let God put you back in position today. You need to take the top off and put it back on again. Amen. You're just just a little bit off, and when you're a little bit off, you spill everything out of the bottle. You don't want to find me. Don't look around. The people who are off know who they are. And trust me. In the book of Mark, chapter five, verses twenty-five to thirty-four, and we've alluded to this, and Pastor Sean's alluded to this during his messages throughout this month. But it talks about a, a, a certain woman. Everybody say certain. It says in verse 25 of chapter 5 of the book of Mark, it says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had. And it was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said... If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Jesus immediately, knowing to himself that power had gone out of him, further he turned around and the crowd and said, well, Who touched my clothes? Hmm. Not who touched me. Who touched my clothes? Isn't that funny? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you? You say, who touched me? He didn't say, who touched me? He said, who touched my clothes? Isn't it amazing how the church gets things messed up? See, we got a doctrine going here. Who touched me? He didn't, she didn't touch him. She touched his, his clothes. We don't read it the way it's written. Why is that important? Because all you've got to do is get close enough. Well, you know, they laid hands on me on Sunday. No, if you'd lifted your hands on Sunday, you'd have been healed. Just get close. Oh, God, okay. He looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing, trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Very unique thing. What do we know about this woman? Number one, if you notice your Bible, and whatever translation you're reading, it says she was a certain woman. She wasn't any woman. She was a certain woman. She was a particular woman. She was someone that had something going on inside of her that the crowd did not have going on. What made her a certain woman was that she came to the conclusion when she heard of Jesus that if I can touch him, something's going to happen. Now, what would happen if we've become those people that I know that that if I can get in this church, something's going to happen. If I can just sing that song one more time, something's going to happen. See, that separates you from the herd. You know, we we have a tendency in church to, to be a part of the program rather than being a part of God. But she was a certain, a particular. What separated her was her faith. She didn't come to Jesus to get faith. She had faith when she came to Jesus. Why is that? Because she had heard faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. She had had heard right. She began to listen to the right things. And and I I don't know how to tell some of you this, but you got to turn some stuff off. And you're going to have to turn some people off had someone ask me something the other day and they said well what do you think I said I don't have the answer so I'm not going to tell you anything <laughs> but you're a bishop I know that you should know these things probably should <laughs> <laughs> well what do you think I don't <laughs> I can't think on those things that I don't know because I'm supposed to think on that which is true i got to think on what's true. I can't think on what's not true. I can't try and figure stuff out. I've got to go through the Word of God so that I'm listening. What I'm hearing is, 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 is I'm hearing it right. i got to be careful who I'm around. i got to be careful what I'm listening to. i, I got to be careful what I, on my radio or, or on, my, on my television or on my, on my iPhone. It must be true. It's on the Internet. Yeah, 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 yeah. We found that. Never mind. I'm going to go there. Almost got political. She heard right. The next thing is she began to talk about it. She said, everybody say, she said. It's hard to speak supernatural things around people who do not think supernaturally. But she began to say, I I, I heard, so faith is building up in me. So now I'm going to begin to say what I know inside is true. If I touch him, I'm going to declare my healing, but I've got to get in position. I've got to get in position. My faith will get me in position. Because I know I'll be healed. I'm gonna bring my tithe and offering because I know revelation, wisdom is gonna come to me, windows of heaven are gonna open. I'm gonna give and sow my seed because I know a harvest is coming. That's the reason I never sow a seed without a harvest in mind. I never, my wife and I, we never give our tithe without have an expectation of what God said the return it would be? Well, I don't want anything from God. Then why bother him? (laughs) If God did not want you to bother him, he would not tell you, he would meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory. He wouldn't tell you, call to me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things. See, so he wouldn't tell you stuff like that. He just do not want to be bothered. But she was a particular person, and what made her a particular person, a certain person, was that she heard, and faith came into her life, so now she began to talk about what was going to take place. Not the impossible, but about, she talked about the possible. Now now watch this now, it's really important we go here with this. That once she heard right, she talked right, then she began to position herself so she began to act right. Now what do we mean by act right? It means that she ignored the crowd and pushed through them. You're going to have to ignore the people, the crowds in your life and push through them. You think they're all with you but they're not. Don't, don't, Don't be fooled. Don't think because they're standing there with you, they're on your side. Don't think the crowd wanted her healed. Nobody in that crowd cared less if she got healed or not. They didn't know who she was. In fact, she had an issue of blood. They didn't want to be around her. She's got problems. That's right. <laughs> but she began to act upon what she was talking about, what she had put in her heart and believed which separated her from the herd. Mm -hmm. So when she moved towards Jesus, she moved with great expectation. Think about that a moment. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith, what you believe, is based upon what you fully expect. Mm. What you expect. What do you expect I'm serious what, what what is your anticipation of your life what is your anticipation of of where you're at spiritually mentally physically financially ten years from now I remember when I first got with dr. John Avazzini back in the in the two thousand one we met each other in in uh, Israel we'd known each other we run each other and God joined us together he would be my mentor and he began to talk to me about some crazy stuff he he said weird stuff to me like you know your message will never be listened to until you're debt-free well I had a $350,000 mortgage what do you mean debt-free I make $48,000 a year what do you mean debt-free I got 20 years plus before I get debt-free But he began to pour into me about what God said and about sowing and reaping and about what to do and how to believe God. And in three years, we were (laughs) debt-free. I appreciate you clapping, but clap for yourself. (laughs) See, I'm the one that's debt-free. That's your problem. (laughs) I'm trying to help you get there. I sat with the man and said, I don't get it in the natural but I'm gonna to listen to you to the point that faith is built up in me. And I'm gonna to begin to talk about being debt-free and about giving six figures to the kingdom of God. Now remember, I'm making $48,000 a year. And I'm talking to my wife, we're gonna start giving $100,000 gifts a year. We're gonna give $100,000 a year to ministry. You don't make $48,000 a year? I know, but I don't care what that, I know what is, but I know what God said, and I'm now making it mine, and I'm going to begin to move and position myself so that what I say shall come to pass. Yes. And several years back, we hit the six-figure mark. Not in income, in giving. Look, <laughs> y'all are looking at me like, how do you do that? Listen. Because nobody cared whether I would, could give 100000 a year. Nobody cared whether or not I would be debt free. I had to take the word of God and realize that God cared. God put that number in me. God wanted me in that position so that I could do what other ministers are not doing and I had to separate myself from the herd. Hmm. So I live with an expectation. It's funny, we 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 made our transition this year, and Pastor Sean and Pastor Aaron became senior pastors of the church, and so many of you wonderful, wonderful family members came to me and said, What are you gonna do? I'm gonna sit down and die. I said, No, you don't understand. Before I turned it over to him, I already had my future planned out. I didn't move from one glory to not go to another glory. Never ever work your plan till you know what the end result's supposed to be. Then you plan your work and you work your plan. Then you got a little taste of it. Pastor Kathy, she's gonna travel with me. She's gonna minister, and I'm gonna preach, which makes it easy for me. If I just don't have it, I can always go, honey, could you go to the piano? I'm covered, man. But my plan is already there for my future. Met with, met with uh, uh, and, and went over, started looking at our books that we've had, and we've been working on books and trying to get them out and working on doing all kinds of stuff, and just a lot of stuff going on. And, and so when I met with Miss Allen and we sat and I said, let's look at this stuff. She says, you do know we can have four books by June, don't you? Excuse me? Oh, we got a the material, just give me the illustrations. I didn't write four books in 10 years. I'm gonna have four books in a year. And now I'm going through all this stuff and I'm going through my devotions and somebody give me a thing of my devotion. I'm looking I said, there's another book. I might even have five by June. But y- y- your son's senior, I let him be. When I was senior pastor, I couldn't do this stuff. I moved to the next place, the next glory. It's his season. This is their season. But my season is not over. You see, you got to understand, when you move with expectation or with hope or with anticipation, your seasons are never over. There's always another place for you to go to. I'm telling you, some of you are about to give up on something you don't need to give up on. Some of you think because the past is finished, got news, so thank God it's finished. Now let's move to the direction to the new place. Watch this. She was not afraid to expose her weakness because she didn't doubt Jesus. Folks, I don't know how to tell you this. You can try and cover it all you want to, but those who know you know you. They know what you can and what you can't do. They know when you're just talking, when you're for real. Come on, stay with me. Don't be afraid of your weakness. Because in your weakness, you can become strong by giving it to Jesus. And that's what she did. She says, I can't do anything. Doctors can't do anything with this. I I can't do anything physically. I'm done. But if I can touch him. She had the courage to reach out. She was willing to do the difficult that released Jesus to do the impossible. What was it that separated her from the crowd? It was her expectation, her hope. The hope to wish for something with expectation or fulfillment. Hope requires patience and commitment. David, David's hope was not in defeating Goliath. His hope was in becoming king. Come on, say with me, folks. He was anointed to be king, but he was not in that place yet. So he had to defeat Goliath so he could position himself. Sometimes you've got to do some stuff just simply because it's not because that's your miracle, but it is your stepping stone to position you for the miracle that God has promised you. Joshua's hope was not in commanding the sun and moon to stand still. It was in defeating the enemy, possessing the promised land. It's not about defeating the enemy. It's about the promised land. Let's not get so caught up with the fight we forget why we're fighting. Let's not get so caught up with what's going on in in the system today that we forget this is a year that we are to transition into greater things. I've got to be greater this year. I've got to move ahead this year. I've got to move into the glory that the image of Christ becomes so strong in me that I can change the world in which I live. Reaching out world with life requires me to position myself in Christ like I never have before. Abraham's hope was not in the willingness to sacrifice his son Isaac, but in God's promise to make him the father of many nations. He said, I'm going to sacrifice him. God told him to sacrifice him. I'm going to sacrifice him, but God's going to have to raise him back up because he promised me I'm the father of many nations. I get, get positioned myself by being obedient to God. The question is, what is your expectation today? What is your hope? Your hope is found in Jesus, we know that. We know that Jesus is is our hope. The three three Hebrew children's hope was not found in a fire furnace, but in the faith that God would protect them. Joseph's hope was not found in the king of Egypt, took him out of the dungeon and made him to be second command. His hope was realized, his dream as a little boy, that he would rescue his people. Jesus' hope was not found in the miracles he performed during his earthly ministry. It was found on the cross as he looked towards the the resurrection and the salvation of mankind. So so what is is the hope here? We look at this, we we ask ourselves the question, you know, if I'm going to operate in hope, then what, what is that hope? We find over in the book of Mark chapter 6, he talks about verses 1 through 6 where it says, He went out from there and came to his own country he with his disciples. And the Sabbath came. He began to teach on the synagogues. As many of them that were there, they were astonished at his saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is that which he gives to us? In verse 3, Is not this the carpenter son of Mary, the brother of James, of Joseph and Judas and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at his wisdom. A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, in his own house. What happened? He could only perform a few miracles there because the people said, you're a carpenter's son, you're not the son of God. How many times are you going to let people tell you who you are? When they tell you who you are, they limit the ability you have to bless them. Amen. Do not try and identify me based upon yourself. That's how we do it. Yeah. We use ourselves and go, boy, I wish I could be like them. Oh, I would never do that. Or can you believe that? That's based upon me. That's called pride. I don't limit, I don't I don't limit anybody but the men of God in my life. I I have nothing there but just to listen to them and let the word of God flow through them because I know they're called and anointed of God. Sometimes the men in my in my life through the years had said some really dumb things. What did you do with it? I didn't do anything with it. I just didn't let it go. You know why? Because I know when it came to me, they had a word from the Lord. Oh my Lord. How long have you been married? Huh? 18 years. And Reese has never done one thing that bothered you. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? But we come to the church and we get ourselves all up in the air. And by that, we lose our expectation for God to do something supernatural in our lives. We devalue sometimes the very people that can set you free. We were in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Bishop Alan Shagan's church, and uh, your father-in-law was speaking. And I was sitting there with him because we got him to go there, and Alan asked me to come be with him. He'd never met your father-in-law. So it was the night that he prays for everybody. Long night. Church is packed out. I'm going to lay hands on everybody. Everybody wants me to lay hands on here in that kind of supernatural presence. Pray for me, pray for me. So he's ministering. And all of a sudden he stops, he says, and to the young lady in the balcony, who just said, you don't get this tired shopping, you need to to line up and get with us here. And I looked up, and I see my daughter beginning to slide down in her chair. (laughs) Your mother. Afterwards, she says, my God, Dad. She says, I don't know why, it just kind of popped in my mind. I said, yeah, you got out of position, didn't you? Isn't it amazing how easy it is to get out of position, folks? You cannot allow your opinion of someone to interfere with their gift to minister to you. I just messed some of you up, didn't I? God will use some of the craziest things in the world to bless you. So quit being so judgmental. Stay in position. Don't get out of position. Look at this, John chapter 6, verses 1 through 14. We'll quickly look at it we'll talk about it for a second. But Jesus said, I already knew what he was going to do. And he said to his disciples, we, we need to feed the people. And the disciples got confused. We don't have the money. Even if we did have the money, it's too late to buy. There's no way these people can be fed. But they said, there's a little boy here with loaves. F- oh, there's a little boy here that's willing to give up what he's got to position himself. Jesus. See, Jesus already knew what he was going to do, which means he knew there was a little boy that was positioned in that crowd for a miracle to take place. I got news for you. Jesus knows who's here that's ready for a miracle. He's just waiting for you to get in position. Disciples got confused. They didn't understand. This can't happen. Okay. But yet we quote stuff like, with God, all things are possible. Really? Really? Then why are you accepting your circumstance? Why are you getting out of position because your circumstance has been so difficult on you? Satan comes to Jesus. And says, listen, you've been, you've, been, you've been fasting, you've been praying, you've been doing all this. Let me show you some things here. He took him in his weak moment in the flesh to show him, trying to get him at a position. And Jesus says, you don't understand. My position is more important to me than what my body is saying to me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, help me here. <laughs> when you realize that being in the presence of God is more important than because you're tired from work. When, when, you, when you realize that, that, that you, you know you're going to get up at 5 in the morning, so go to bed at 10 o'clock at night. Quit staying up watching the news. You've got to shift. You can't get out of position. I'm, I'm not going to let my desire to watch late night TV interfere with my early morning presence with God. What are you going to get on with it? I'm, I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. The disciples were confused. The Bible says in Romans 5 and 5 that hope does not disappoint. Only Jesus, the hope of glory, can be your hope. As I said, Jesus is not found on a cross erected on a mountain. He can only be found when you are willing to call out to him as Lord and Savior. He says to us over in the book of Chronicles, if my people will call by my name, will humble themselves and pray. Jeremiah 33, if you call on me, I will answer and show you great and mighty things. Psalms 27, 13 through 14, believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Don't you understand what's going on? Don't you understand what's going on in the in the community? Don't you understand the racism? Don't you understand the drug problem? Don't you understand the, the broken government? Don't you understand the economy? Don't you understand that we're we're going through the highest inflation we've seen in years? Don't you understand that gas prices have just gone up 60 and 70 cents a gallon already? They're going back. Don't you what is wrong with you, Bishop? I have hope. The Bible says hope deferred makes a heart sick. But when desire comes, it's a tree of life. Hope. Hebrews 11 says, now faith. Musicians come. Now faith. Now faith. In the moment, faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other words, no matter what kind of faith I have now, if I have no expectation, it has no place to go. Listen, I I came up in the faith movement back in the 80s. I sat under Dad Hagen for years. I was there when he started the Ramah Bible School. We're all faith. I got faith for this and faith for that. No, you don't. You got no expectation. You wait till you see a problem, then you say, I got faith for God to move. No, you don't. You can't wait to see a problem. Start building your expectation before the problem exists itself. That's That's right. I, I'm not looking. See, here's the problem. I'm not looking for answers. I've got the answers. Yes. I'm just waiting for the moments so I can drop the answer on the problem. And as the song we heard earlier tonight, that, that, that Satan, you know, that the light is going to fall on him and he's going to bow his knee. It's an opportunity that can only come to those that are positioned and refuse to get out of position. Went to the doctor. He said, "Uh, you check up and stuff. Let's go in. They went and put me in the hospital. Went up into my veins, went into my heart because I had Stents that put in my heart when I had a heart attack in 2000, died, came back. God brought me back to life. And 21 years later, 20, 21 and a half years later, doctor says, Let's check this out. He goes in there and he comes back and puts us back in the room. My wife is sitting with me. And he said, uh, That artery is completely closed. With that kind of situation, you have to do bypass. I said, Well, what are we going to do? He said, I'm not going to do anything. But you're the doctor. You solve the problem. You've been trained. He says, I'm not doing anything because your heart has already sent veins out around it, and you've had a natural bypass. Hallelujah. By his stripes, I am healed. I didn't wait till I got a heart attack. I had the hope before the vein closed. So when it closed, my heart was commanded by God not to listen to the artery that it was been feeding, but to send out vessels away from it. Oh my God. See, you don't understand. God, If you get in position and not get out of position, God will make the unnatural thing produce a supernatural result so that you will be taken care of. But you got to have the hope. You got to have the hope. But, But Bishop, you don't understand. You can't believe what they're saying. I don't care. I don't care what they're saying. What do you care? What difference does it make? Because I live in a position that the supernatural can take place in any given moment. You've lost everything. Praise God. I got an opportunity because God said I would be entire wanting nothing. That means that what I had must not have been satisfying for me. If, if the enemy can take everything from you, then you're out of position. But if you're in position and everything goes, it's because God's trying to give you everything new. You, Jesus. Really? Yeah, really? Really? My dad, all know the story. He suffered heart attacks. Couldn't couldn't work. 30% of his heart was operational. Couldn't walk across the room hardly without being out of breath. My mother was recovering from cancer surgery and major problems. They lost everything. They lost their house. They lost their car. They lost their church. They lost their health. The dead had an experience with God at a place called Lake Ida that God said, All you got to do is get back in position, Woody. The latter will be greater than the former. And all of a sudden, hope began to get into his spirit. And he began to say crazy stuff like God was going to use him to change South Florida full gospel businessmen were at a prayer meeting and they they called him I'll never forget it they called him up and put him in a chair on a a prayer breakfast one day and all got around him that God would give him wisdom that he's talking crazy and and, 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 and just help him not get caught up with this they were concerned about can you believe this you got 30 businessmen laying hands on you saying God don't let what he's saying come to pass because he doesn't know what he's talking about no they didn't know what they would See, here's the understand. people don't know what you're talking about But you do. I know what I'm talking about. And because of that, I have a hope. So he went out on his own. And I always laugh, guys, when we start churches, you know. No, he went out on his own. He had nothing. Zero. Started with 11 people. Y'all know the story. got in position. He says, from this point on, I am not getting out of position. Eleven people. Before he died, we had over 26 churches, 25 churches built. Given millions of missions. He was debt free. And he carried around in his wallet a little thing that talked about the millions of dollars he was believing God for. And here's the thing, Mark. When I look at that thing that my my dad left with all of this things on that, and I walk in this building, and by the grace of God, we're going to be debt-free pretty quick. Debt-free. And I sit here, and if you look at that paper, and you realize we've we become debt free, everything on that paper has now come to pass. <laughs> Millions of dollars that people, are, they look at the paper and laugh at him. His paper had green, green ink that he wrote it on with because he liked the color of green because he liked the color of money. <laughs> but Mickey, everything that he used to talk to Al and I about is here. Because he never got out of position. <laughs> but the man stole a million six hundred seven. Don't worry about it. It's not my problem, it's God's. I'm not getting out of position. God's told us. I can go through it time after time, and he would just sit there and go, I'm not getting out of position. This is what God said. This is my expectation. This is what I anticipate. And he talked about it every day. My my kids can tell you. He'd sit at the dinner table and drive them crazy. And they're going all these different places. And he goes, you do what you want, but you're going to be in ministry. Well, God didn't call me. I'm calling you. You can't do that. Yes, I can. God said he'd give me a desire in my heart. You're going into ministry grandkids. Every one of them is going to be in ministry. Do what you want. You can be in Broadway all you want to, but you're going to be in ministry. <laughs> you know, sing and dance to your heart's desire, but you're going in ministry. Penelope, <laughs> you're going in ministry. Gotcha. Now, Parker's already funny. He's already come to me, by the way. He said, how long is Sean going to keep up this gig? Because when did I become pastor? <laughs> You didn't know that, did you? I mean, it's the funniest thing in the world. Of course, when I had my heart attack, Sean got mad. I won't use the word that he used, but he did cuss and said, I only know one sermon. <laughs> he thought he was taking over at 14. Why? Because a man got back in position at the age of 59 years old. Yeah. And everything that was supposed to be his in his position began to come alive and he began to anticipate and expect because he knew that God said what he meant and meant what he said he no longer doubted what God told him he says I'll not look to my left or to my right I'm saying focused because this is what God has said and everything that God told him has come to the the finances, to the buildings, to his family, his legacy. (laughs) Folks, don't get out of position. The way you stay in position is you keep your hope alive. And the way you keep your hope alive is that you hear the right things. Turn off stuff that interferes with your hope. Turn off people that interfere with your hope. Don't let things in your life that destroy your hope. Begin to talk about it, not to everybody, but find those that are of like faith, who are crazy enough to get in agreement with you. Then begin to act on it. Start acting on it the age-old thing, fake it till you make it. Look like you're successful. Talk like you're successful. Talk about what you're going to do. I've already started writing things down that as God has blessed me, what I'm going to do. And, and I'll be honest, in the natural, there's no way this can be done. But I'm already talking about it. I love Undercover boss. I love to go places where nobody knows me, find out what's going on, then call them and say, by the way, for your church, here's, here's a half a million dollars for your church. So you're crazy. No, I'm not. Like, it's going to happen. How are you going to do it? I don't know, but, I, but you know what? i got to write these books. i got to stay positioned. i got to keep doing what I'm doing. I can't get out of the position that I'm in. i got to live with expectation, anticipation. I'm looking for it. It's going to happen one way or another, but there's coming a day before my time comes that I'm going to be able to sit down with these ministers and do stuff with them that nobody else. You know why? Because we know what it is to have nobody with you. But that's my dream. Of course when I had $48,000 I had a guy tell me well you're gonna to have to do something outside because you're never gonna make it in ministry you got to do some other stuff you got to do what are you gonna do outside I had different people come to me offer me things I could get involved in they thought I was a good salesman Offer me deals I said nope I'm not doing it People would say to me, you're, you're, you're letting that go? Yeah, let it go. Had one man come in and offer me to do something. He offered me $200,000. I said, don't let the door hit you on the way out. You're a thief and a robber and you're trying to hurt the body of Christ. Get out of my office. He was a finance guy. He'd give me so many points for everybody I'd sign up. That's a lot of money. But I didn't get out of position. Because I had a favorable expectation of who my God was, what my God said. Therefore, I began to believe, I begin to speak, I begin to act, I begin to move. Whew. Move. I said, don't get out of position. Better let that position dictate your next step. when I say at a position I'm about in God, not physical natural but I'm talking about spiritual. don't, don't lose that but have an anticipation. So y'all got debt free. So what's next? If you're not careful you go well I'm dead free, I'm done. oh no 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 if you do that then you're gonna, you're gonna be stagnated and when you're stagnated the enemy can come and steal kill and destroy. But as long as you're life productive, believe in retiring don't believe in falling by the wayside don't believe in quitting somebody said well now you can just wake up early and or late in the morning and you can go play golf and you can travel yeah I knew all that but I was doing all that when I was in the ministry (laughs) (laughs) I'm working my wife I'm working harder right now than I was ever in in, in senior pastor in fact senior pastor to me back out now is like a vacation where I'm at now. I cannot believe what position I'm in now, what is being required of me in this position. If you're gonna write these things down, write them down. Number one, and when you when you get in position, spiritually, you're in position, know that God is going to put a structure in place for you to follow. Write that down. Structure. Once He puts a structure in place for you to follow. That structure will be based upon the principles of God's Word. All structure has to be based upon the principles of God's Word. Some of you need to pick up the Bible this week. You had not done it in a long time. You need to read the Bible. You can't just get it on Sunday morning. Okay? So your structure is based upon God's principles. Now watch this now principles will only work when you are in a position for them to work. So your position is based upon several things. One is based upon who is your mentor or who is your spiritual authority. Got it? I'm moving pretty quick here now. Who's your spiritual authority? See. The, the way I get in position is I understand spiritual authority. Number two is I make a commitment to walk in obedience. Just go over to Isaiah and read it in the first chapter. Walk in obedience. All these good things happen to you. All structure is based upon principles of the Word of God. The Word of God requires that we all have a mentor or an overseer in our lives. If this is your church, these are your overseers here, they're your pastors. See, I'm not your, I'm not your overseer? No, I'm their overseers now. They are your overseers. My shepherding has moved to another level that I deal with ministers across the country now and around the world. Their shepherding is here in this body of Christ. That's why I still have a mentor, Dr. John Avezzini, which I'm really seeking God about because when Dr. John goes home be the Lord, I still need mentor. See, I had Dr. Oral Roberts and I had had Dr. Youngie Cho and now I've got Dr. John. But you have to have spiritual oversight or mentorship in your life. You know why? Because if you don't, you're gonna start thinking some stuff that really doesn't line up with what God has. I love it when Roger John goes, he always say, he gets his face going, he goes, I wouldn't do that. He didn't tell me why, he just says, I wouldn't do that. That's all he's got to tell me. Okay, fine, put that aside. Well, shouldn't he explain it to you? Nope. He didn't explain it to me, he just said he wouldn't do that, I'm not doing it. Well, what if he tells you wrong? He'll answer to God for that. But I won't answer to God if I'm not going to submit myself under authority. And if I don't submit myself under authority, the principles that I've learned from the Word of God means I'm at a position. I'm not in the position God wants me to be in. Consequently, I can't operate with the right kind of expectation. Hmm. Last but not least, in this area, is that you have got it is a must once you get these things in order, that you have a time that you spend with the Lord on a daily basis alone. That you can meditate in the Word, that you can talk to God, you can let God talk to you. And that, that, that's not your Bible study. This is, Bible study goes with the other principles in the, in the structure. I'm talking about personal time, intimacy with God. Take time getting his presence. Shut everything off. Get away from everybody and everything. Get alone. <laughs> I was talking to someone this past week and uh, we got to talking about Billy Graham. And I had the privilege to meet Dr. Graham. get to know him. He used to come, to his daughter, he lived in South Florida. He'd come down and visit and be here. And we'd run into each other in front of the craziest places. He was nuts. He'd wear an old ball hat and plaid shirt so nobody would recognize him, you know. And uh, Dr. Graham, what, what was your key to success? He went to Clearwater Christian Bible College in Florida. He said, I'd go out and back into school at the middle of the night when nobody was there amongst the cypress trees, and I would talk to God and let God talk to me. And then I'd begin to preach to the cypress trees as God would speak to. We've never had a more proficient evangelist in America than Dr. Billy Graham. Isn't that funny? How did he get it? He had a long time. He stayed in position because he said even after he left there he learned I have to pull away. I have to pull away. So we talked about positioning today. He said, when I pulled away and shut everything out, I could see what God wanted me to see. When I came out of there, I had great anticipation. I saw the crowds of thousands upon thousands and hundreds of thousands getting saved. I saw my ability to speak to presidents and speak to leaders of the world. And they would listen to me. And I was just preaching the gospel. But in my alone time with God, he put in me a hope expectation so I wasn't surprised when the president called me I wasn't surprised when governments would say we're gonna be in your meeting when you're holding these great crusades around the world why I have an expectation I have an anticipation why because I didn't get out of position thank you for listening we trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.